This is Jeff. This is Brett. And we're just talking about Star Wars all the time on the Skywalk. What's up, Move Milkers? Welcome to episode 121 of the Skywalk. Jeff, it is so good to be back here with you. Welcome back. Today, we will talk about the two-part finale, that's what I'm calling it, Jeff, of The Mandalorian oh. Season 2, chapters 15 and 16 overall of The Mandalorian. But before we do, social meteors. This is where the good Move Milkers can find us on social media. On Apple Podcasts, search for The Skywalk, Sky as in Sky, Walk as in the thing you cook in, spelled W-O-K. Subscribe there and leave us a review. Spotify, same deal, The Skywalk, three separate words. Yes. Disgracebook, facebook.com slash the skywalk. Don't use Disgracebook. Twitter, at the skywalk. <laughs> Instagram, <laughs> the skywalk. And Jeffrey, tell us about Podomatic. Well, listeners, we're keeping it short and simple. It's Star Wars over coffee.podomatic.com. And all the other social media platforms Stitcher, Podbean, Amazon, Google, Radio Something or Other. Etc. Wow. Before we get into the show, Jeff, we have two okay. big shout outs. I didn't All want to leave these for the end. A lot of people put the shout outs at the end, but then who hears it? Yeah. And we want people to know about these things. People got to know because these are fantastic. First shout out, Jeff. Amador Leather Goods. Wow. Making amazing stuff. So Jeff and I recently received the Baby Yoda Leather Wallet. Oh, yeah. With brown leather, green leather. It is awesome. And inside, it has a Baby Yoda print, a Grogu print mm -hmm. on the inside. That's where I put my Gs. Thank you to Amador Leather Goods. Jeff, I know this person. She's a wonderful, wonderful, wonderful human being. Wait, wait, wait. Hold on. You know the owner? Yeah, man. That's how we knew wow. about it. Yes. So we're going to put a link for the Moof Milkers um, oh, as yeah. soon as I remember to do that. We'll try to put that with this episode. Uh, so you're telling me there's other items I could get, bro? Oh, yeah, man. They make awesome stuff. Awesome Time stuff. Time to get some merch. Um, also want to shout out our boy, Carlos. Carlos. Who provided the incredible artwork for episode 119 of the Skywalk. <laughs> I love it. I love it. The beautiful, beautiful. 119. Ahsoka illustration. Thank you, Silos. That's our boy. Uh, and he is an incredible artist, man. He is a world-renowned artist. He's incredible. Dude is awesome. So we're hoping to have his artwork for this episode. We don't know if we're going to get it in time. So you no may way. see really? it. So like, if, Jeff, oh. if the artwork for this oh, episode connections. is good, if it's good, it was Carlos. <laughs> okay. If it's okay, it was me. Gotcha. We'll put it that way. I think people will be able to tell right away. I do I do have one request, though. Oh, go ahead. I'm hoping that the color green is on the cover art. Mm. Spoiler alert! So you're hoping that he gives us a Grogu-centric cover art for this episode? No, doesn't, no, doesn't have to be Grogu-centric. I just said green, Brad. Oh, snap. Green. What is Jeff thinking right now? Read Jeff's mind. Read Jeff's mind. So Boba has a lot of green. As in neon green. Neon green. As in emitting a Oh, snap. Okay. Light. Enough said, Jeff. I'm sorry I was so slow on that. Clearly. Clearly. 
clearly Brett is into other things. Well, also clearly there's a lot of green in Star Wars, man. So I'm thinking Greedo. This is true. I'm thinking you, you know Boba what? Fett. I've got Jeff. I've got a green Boba Fett toy behind me. Is this the reason I like the color green so much? Probably. Jeff, Waititi watch. Waititi! Taika Waititi, Jeff. You know, so uh-huh. we talk about him all the time because he directed episode an episode of The Mandalorian. Mm-hmm. He voiced IG-11. Still my favorite character in the entire show. You know what, though? Yeah. I got to say, I feel like he, he, he's, he's doing a little too much. That's where I was going with this, Jeff. So he is. Um, now, we should say for the Move Milkers, the big Disney investor call. I mean, it's too huge to be contained within this episode. So we're not going to talk about it today. We're going okay, right. to dedicate an entire episode to that. Probably our next episode or two. One of those will be all of these new shows and two movies that were referenced in the Investor Day, which does not count whatever Ryan Johnson may still be working on. By all accounts, he still is. Does not account for J.D. Dillard, who was mm. also still attached to a Star Wars feature. It does not account that we know of for Kevin Feige's involvement, Feige for whatever. Um, But there were two. One of them was Patty Jenkins, director of Wonder Woman and Wonder Woman 84, directing a Rogue Squadron movie. But the other was still Mm. Taika Waititi. Kathleen Kennedy referenced his Star War, saying something like, oh, it's going to be typical Taika, crazy, wild, fun, heartwarming, whatever. Okay. Okay, Brad, I've got a guarantee. Do it. One of those movies is just going to go by the wayside. Oh, yeah. You mean out of like the four or five projects I mentioned? The five, out of the five movies you just mentioned, I believe two will fall by the wayside. I agree with that, Jeff. I agree. I agree. We'll be doing good to get three out of the five. And I think I know which two, but go ahead. Really? Yes. Do it, Jeff. Come on. You know, (laughs) you got to live, Jeff. You got to live. All right. All right. Living for the day. Which two? Ryan Johnson. I knew you were going to say that. And Patty Jenkins. (laughs) Okay. I totally disagree on the Patty Jenkins thing. I know you do. And I want you to be wrong about Ryan Johnson. Here's here's the thing. Here's the thing. I think she's so popular right now that it may get oversaturated. Could. Could. Jeff, did you see Wonder Woman 84? No, but I'm looking forward to it. Here's the thing. I've chosen... Uh-oh. Wait, wait, wait. Did you see it? <laughs> yes, I did. Oh, dude, really? Yes, I did. You went to the theater? No. HBO Max. Oh. Day and date. Jeff, sign up. Get yourself a trial. Watch it for free. <laughs> and then you know? end it. <laughs> or a month. Get a month because there's a lot of good stuff on HBO Max. Well, here's the thing. Man, I just, oh. I so, really wanted to, So I really wanted to see that movie in the theater. Yeah. And the theater's just opened up. Yeah. But I'm not sure I want to go until I'm actually vaccinated. Right. So that's not going to happen. Yeah. I won't weigh in on what is your personal decision. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're not, we don't, we don't make. Right. (laughs) Like the announcement, we, we do not. Recommend or discourage any medical treatment. Any medical treatment. Jeff, I will tell you this. I I love that. I love the fact that you got that announcement the same time as I did. (laughs) I know exactly what you're talking about, Jeff. Oh, yeah. I want to say this. I know you, and I know you have a 4K TV, and I know you have a crazy good surround sound system. It's not fully fully hooked up, though. Within your home. Well, you know, so there you go. 
So that's it, as much it, as I it's will a say. reason to it's a reason to put it all together. Jeff, back on Taika though. Okay. okay. So here's the thing. I I think we both want Taika to happen for Star Wars. Yes. He's got another new show in the works. Like, we know, won't get into it, it now. We don't have time for not, that. Uh, that's disappointing me. Yeah, he's got a show called Reservation Dogs, not to be confused with Reservoir Dogs, which is a film, uh, mm-hmm. coming to FX. And I think he's got, aside from this, Jeff, he's got an HBO Max pirate comedy called Our Flag Means Death. We talked about that a little while ago. He's got a series for Apple that I didn't even know about, Time Bandits, presumably based on the the old film, The Time I hope Bandits. Not. And the film Thor Love and Thunder, plus that kids soccer movie that I think is already in the can. I think it's already done and it's just a matter really? of whenever it'll come out. And now this thing. And he's supposed to make a Star War. Now, the only good thing, Jeff, is that he has a co-writer for the Star Wars movie. Hmm. So great. But yeah, I'm a little worried that he's going to be spread too thin. He may be straying from the Jedi Cobra. He because may be. Here's the thing. Yeah. You, you need focus Mm -hmm. in order to progress in your mastery of the force right and i don't see that happening with him instead he's going like the bounty hunter route and he's just taking every job as you know he's like just give them all to me like he he just did the mando where he just grabbed all the chits Mm -hmm. and said you know what i'm I'm gonna do them all yeah but here's the thing there's only one mandalorian (laughs) (laughs) like and i'm pretty sure i'm pretty sure taika doesn't have Beskar armor. You know what I'm saying? No, he's just a man. A wonderful, talented, very funny man. Whereas the guy who plays Boba Fett, did you hear about the the fact that he actually did his um his uh original dance? Yeah. His cultural dance for for Mando. Absolutely. And worked it into his fighting style. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, man. It's wonderful. It's so good. That's what I'm talking about. So good. So if you don't know what Jeff's talking about. Go oh, watch uh, Disney Gallery. <laughs> yeah. No, no, no. It's not a spoiler. Yeah. Uh, go watch Disney Gallery, the making of season two. Jeff, I also want to say very quick. Wait, is that out? That is out. And they made the decision yes. apparently this time that mm. instead of making an eight episode infomercial for Jon Favreau and yeah. all of his services. Yeah, yeah. yeah. They were just like, let's make Please one don't. episode making of Mando. <laughs> it's, uh, I think, a little over an hour long. Perfect. Okay. Perfect. And they go Much through. Better. Basically, episode by episode. So anyway, Jeff, we're worried about Taika. Taika, take it easy. <laughs> Slow down. Dude, he's got two daughters, too. Like, little. Put your feet up, man. Like, young. We're talking, like, 12 and under. Oh. So I'm like, man, dude, how are you How are you doing this? Anyway. Well, he's probably got three maids, but I'm just saying. Jeff, we <laughs> are going to also dig into the fail bag. We got a lot of great entries into the fail bag. Okay. Comments from our loyal listeners, but we're going to save those for the end. Loyal. Because they're terrific. But we want to get into Mando season two, the two final episodes of the season. Yes. Jeff, let me ask you something, because I want to do what feels right. I want to follow the leadings of the force. All right. All right. Do you want to start with the finale and then go back to the second to last episode? Or would you like to proceed chronologically? Chronologically. I'm I'm a stickler for doing things in order. Okay. All right. All right. I, I don't like going back. 
George Lucas says that continuity is for wimps. Have you ever heard that quote, Jeff? Oh, please. <laughs> no, but it's a totally different thing. He didn't oh, say okay, chronology. Mi- okay, is, Mr. Prequel. He didn't say chronology is for wimps. He said continuity, uh, which is a very... Oh, that's, yeah, that's a big difference. We'll There's talk about that another there. time because it's actually All pretty right. cool. Yeah. yeah. So, Jeff, what this means... So, Jeff and I decided something, dear Moof Milkers. Jeff and I have been talking a lot. We know we haven't put out an episode in a little bit, but... Sorry, we missed you guys. What we talked about is... I think this is a wonderful thing, Jeff. You and I are like peanut butter and jelly. I don't know who's peanut butter. I don't know who's jelly. It just means that we complement each other very well. And it's really funny when two dear friends can both love the same thing, but love different parts of it differently. So Jeff did not like the penultimate episode as much as I did. And I did not like the final episode as much as Jeff did. And in the spirit of positivity, we would both prefer to talk about what we love. So I will probably have more to say about chapter 15, the penultimate episode. Uh, Jeff, I forgot the name. This is to me, it's just the Bill Burr episode. <laughs> and I don't remember what it's actually called. Do you remember? Uh-huh. Um, no, no, I don't. But that's, that's I, I, I'll take it. It's fair, it's fair to call it let's, that, right? Let's just use that. All right, so let's start there, Jeff. Because it really I, is that. First of all, Bill Burr stole the show. And I want to tell you, Jeff, you know. So now, Jeff, you're a West Coast guy, but I am a born and bred Bostonian. And I never wanted, never asked for this much Boston in my Star Wars. In fact, I've always <laughs> thought that would be a huge mistake, you know? I don't want people talking about the Death Star, so, kid. So, so... I, I gotta say, man, it felt like I was in the middle of Charleston. I mean, mm-hmm. it's like it, I'm like, dude, right. are we are we gonna are we gonna rob this bank on the corner? Like, what's going on here? This is how you know Jeff was not born and raised in Boston because he called it Charleston, no. not Charlestown. But I get your point. <laughs> yeah. So is, is it Charlestown? It's Charlestown. Okay. But you're right. Like, normally, but it is Worcester. Nor- right? Worcester is right. Worcester is <laughs> okay. correct. It's not Worcester Chester or whatever it's spelled like. Worcester? Worcestershire. Um, oh, yeah. Worcestershire. That's what I thought. When the episode started out, mm. I should say the very beginning of the episode grabbed me right away. So you have the scene yes. in the junkyard where yeah. our buddy, Love that. our Boston buddy, Bill Burr, how's that for alliteration? By is, the way, yeah. you do know where that's from, right? Uh, I felt like, so it, to me, I don't know. I, it was reminiscent of Shadows of the Empire. The the scene where you fight, I, I think that's where you fight IG-88. Okay. okay. But no, I, I, so so if it's not that, I don't That's true, know. but it's actually, it's actually a callback to Darth Maul. That's where they found him. Really? Yes. That's where his two halves got spit out? Yes. No yes. way. So where, where he, and he's got the robotic um, spider legs? Yeah. That's where they got him. Really? Yeah. I did not know that. Oh, that's great. Cool. So, Jeff, I just thought that the setting was awesome. So we're talking no, about no, the, no, yeah. th- talking about the volume being more immersive. That set looked fantastic. I was like, this is this is great. And Jeff, did you know that those trash walkers in the background? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Converted ATATs. They are not CG. They were actually no stop, way. stop motion animation, Jeff. Stop emotion what? animation. So the guy who worked on it, I forget his name. He put out a tweet basically thanking everyone at the Mandalorian, thanking Favreau and everybody else for listening to him that stop motion was the way to go. 
Wow. So wow. any okay. casual fan that's listening Dude, to this podcast is like, we're like 20 minutes in and they're talking about stop motion on the garbage walkers from the first three minutes of the episode. <laughs> but that is what makes Star Wars Star Wars, right? Okay. So I loved that. That scene was great. Right. As it gets in, I'm thinking, why are we getting so much Bostonian from Bill Burr? Like every mm. line he says for the first 10 minutes is like, I'm a Boston guy and you put me in a Star Wars. I kid. And I'm going to have something snarky to say about everything on screen that's happening right here, kid. <laughs> and I was like, I don't know. I don't know how I feel about this. But as the episode went along, first yeah. of all, that planet, that planet was gorgeous. So mm. anything... Anything tropical or jungly that happens in Star jungly. Wars, I'm, I like that. I'm totally in. Jeff, I can recall any kind of jungle moment ever in Star Wars. And in fact, I was a little perturbed when The Force Ooh. Awakens came out. Because I don't know if you remember, but one of the first Finn toys that came out was like Jungle Assault Finn. <laughs> which to me, like okay. really evoked a lot of cool 80s toys. And yeah, so I'm watching yeah. the movie expecting a jungle thing to happen. Never happened. Never happened. Nope. <laughs> but it did happen at the very end of Solo. The, the sort of epilogue was a mm-hmm. jungle planet. Like, it's always good. Just more jungle in Star Wars, please. This planet was awesome. Then um, they're going in there and there was a lot of good drama. There mm-hmm. was a lot of Bill Burr sort of dissecting like, dude, what's the deal? Kid, what's the deal with these mandos? You can't take the <laughs> helmet off or I can't see your face. Which is it? Which one is it? Which is it, right? (laughs) So that started to get interesting. Then they get attacked by some marauders. The marauders were kind of lame because uh, Mm. they were sort of the Ooga Booga marauders that you got in (laughs) chapter chapter four, Sanctuary. So are you saying that they were the leftover boogers that you just had to get rid of before you, you know, go into the main event? (laughs) And weren't they the same color? I mean... (laughs) They were booger color. They looked cool. It's just, to me, it kind of stands out, right? Like this happened again. This happened in in Sanctuary, the Mm -hmm. Bryce Dallas Howard episode from from season one, where you kind of had these like, they they weren't human. I mean, they weren't like people. They were more like animals where they're just like, and that, that to me took me back a little bit because normally even the weirdest alien creatures are like intelligent life. Right. But anyway- Minor nitpick. They were cool. The action scene on top of it was really cool with Mando. He It really felt like he was in trouble. Then the TIE fighter comes in and saves the day. And that was really cool, Jeff. I don't know about you, but like to feel yourself sort of on the other side. And Bill Burr actually says it in the episode. Like, I never thought I'd be so happy to see a TIE fighter or to have the Empire come in and save the day. Exactly. Yeah. And you could kind of feel it. And then and they get to how that. how happy were you, like, when they came in and the celebration that they yeah. got on the way in? It was like, oh, so these guys feel the same kind of way on the other side. Right. Huh. It was like the Rebels celebrating, you know, the yeah. destruction of the Death Star, except the Death Star side it? of things. Yeah. So that was really cool. I thought it was really cool to kind of get that sensation of like, wow, like these guys have a camaraderie too, you know, and they're yeah. proud of each other when, except what are they going to do with it? Uh, Oh, so like basically what the Mando and Bill Burr brought in. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. The idea behind it is like, yeah, you guys are celebrating and, and you know, we did this incredible thing, but then actually you're going to use this fuel to go burn another planet. Oh, I see what you're saying. Right. You're, you know, the more, the moral high ground was definitely shaky. Right. 
but but I think what what's effective about it though, Jeff, is that they don't know that, right? Like right. all those guys celebrating, they no, yeah, no, those guys know. Yeah. They think they're the good guys. Bill right. Burr, on the other hand, he only knows they're not because he was one of them, exactly, and was then basically betrayed or sent out to die, and now gets to confront the guy who sent him to die or abandoned exactly. him to die, right? And see how cold and heartless he is about it, right? Now I will say this, Brett. Yeah. To me, that conversation mm-hmm. was one of the best moments in The Mandalorian. Absolutely. Now, I do agree with that. Yeah. And and I think it was so good. I, I listened to uh, an interview with Bill Burr mm. a couple of days ago. And even he, it was funny because he said he didn't want to watch the episode. I think it's that thing where a lot of people don't want to see themselves or they don't want to hear themselves. They're embarrassed, whatever. He said that his wife and kids were watching the episode and he told them, nah, nah, kid, I don't want to watch this. You see, I'm doing the, the accent again. Yeah, he already I, is. You just can't help it. Yeah. But, He's, but the little Brett from Southie's coming out. Oh, oh no, I'm not from Southie. Um, oh. No, no, I'm just saying I'm from just past Easty. So, okay, all right. <laughs> so he said, though, I love it, I love it. he did want to see that scene. Yeah. And that tells me like he knew it was really good. And he said that he wanted to see how it came out. So that tells me like when he was that's, doing it. That means they did great A acting for that. Oh, absolutely. You, you know what I mean? Like yep. everybody was on their edge and you could actually feel the tension. Yep. Oh, yeah. That's what was. Jeff, here's the thing. I was talking to you earlier today mm. about how some episodes grab me on an emotional level okay. and others don't. So there are episodes that I think are great. And I know this is a this is not intended to be a hot take. I mm-hmm. loved the Ahsoka episode. I <laughs> okay. loved it All right. on a lot of different levels, mm-hmm. but it didn't really grab me in the gut to where, you know, I did feel some tension toward the end when she was fighting the person, the the other woman with the, the Beskar spear, the magistrate. Yeah. But overall, it wasn't one of those ones that grabbed my heart or made me feel this sort of intense, like, I got to know what happens next. Whereas this one really, really did. There was something that just got me to the core about, like you said, that conversation, you know, where I was just like, man, this is awesome. And you had no idea what was going to happen. And this episode, Jeff, it had like three or four climaxes, like culminations of just this satisfaction of like everything that had been sown earlier in the episode coming to this resolution that like i just got me pumped man so mm. he shoots the imperial officer which sure you know that's one of the possible outcomes but it didn't seem likely that he's just no. gonna off this dude in the middle of the cafeteria and he does they blast their way out then he as they're flying away sharpshoots like, you know what give me that right give me that sniper rifle. give me that sniper rifle and he's a sharpshooter yeah. And so he can make the shot and he's really good at it. And that was so satisfying too. And then like, let's have another one. Let's have another conversation where it's like, you know what? We're going to let you go, but we're not going to say that we're letting you go. Yeah. Oh, but before that, Jeff, mm. remember that they're now being pursued by, I think two or three TIE fighters yeah. and Boba drops the bomb. <laughs> literally like his dad because you're just like oh it's one of those things from you know attack the clones oh but of course it is it's the same ship yeah 
And that was so good. Like it all just made sense. I I felt like that was the most, maybe the most organically written episode of the Mandalorian I've seen. Mm. Uh, Even though maybe earlier on in the episode, you know, there's some Jeff, I think that I don't know what the, the dude. The first one was really good, though. The first like that, of this uh, of that this one season? felt really organic. Yes, like the, because again, they're they're talking. the The reason I I compare it mm-hmm. is because in the first episode, it was it was the mindset of the masses. So it's like, okay, well, let's talk to the townsfolk. Mm-hmm. Are they willing to do this? Mm-hmm. Okay, but you know, they really really hate the. Um, Tuscan not Raiders. the Gaffy Sticks, the Tuscan Raiders. Yeah. And it's like, you know, it's like, okay, well, yeah, but we got to figure this out because otherwise this dragon's just going to eat us alive. Like, right. yeah, <laughs> we got to do something about yep. this. And and then they actually end up working together, even though they really, really don't want to. Right. Yeah. And I agree. I think that episode, Jeff, that episode to me feels like John Favreau made a mini Star Wars movie, you yeah. know, and mm-hmm. it was like, it feels so self-contained um well wasn't that i mean that was more than an hour wasn't it uh yeah it was close I to felt an like hour. it was like an hour and a half i think it was just under i think it was just under an hour or, or just over if it, yeah something like that so okay. no i agree um I, but i do think and that and actually that is my favorite episode still from season two for yeah the first episode of season two yeah. but i think that scene that conversation between bill burr makes Yes, Miggs Mayfeld and the Imperial officer was the best dramatic scene of the series so far. Interesting. Like to me, it was the most compelling. Let's just say that. Okay. Right. All right I got you. Um, anyway, Jeff, I absolutely loved the episode. And it is, I, so I guess I would say it's probably my second favorite of the show. Uh, it's in my top five. Cause you know what else, okay. Jeff? And Jeff, this is appropriate. I know this seems like we're going off on a bunch of different little roads here, but a little bit, a little bit. Well, go ahead, Jeff. This is our post-game show, so All it's right. appropriate that we talk about it as a whole season, as a whole series. The first episode ever of The Mandalorian, the very first one, yes. was still really great. Really like good. The the even dude, I forgot that everything happened in episode one. So like, much. I it's almost like they put three episodes yes. into episode one yes. of the Mandalorian. And the third episode of that episode <laughs> is so incredibly good. Yeah. You yeah. know, everything from like when he meets with IG 11. Yeah. It's just and the banter between them off the chain, dude. <laughs> and we, and you don't, and you don't really see that sort of action from IG 11 again. You do in the final episode of the season to some extent, yeah. But the way and he his is, justification for hating droids, yeah, it's like totally valid. Yep. And end. you learn more about it later on. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Oh, it's just so good. And episode two of season one. Like, I don't know, man. It's really tough. You know what, Jeff? I think for our <laughs> next episode, okay. we should solidify our top five each. All right. All right. How's that sound? I can do that. All right, Jeff. Let's get into the finale. Finale, baby. The rescue. Tell oh, me. Oh, my goodness. All of your... Glowing, wonderful thoughts, Jeff, okay, about chapter so 16. My anticipation for this thing was off the charts. Yeah. And the reason why is because the buildup from the Ahsoka episode mm. to this one yep. was so high that I wasn't sure they would be able to meet expectations. Yeah. And not they didn't just meet them, Brett. They surpassed them in a huge way. Awesome. But I'm not gonna I'm not gonna get there for, first. Because the, the thing is, first of all, 
one of the thing is every single character in the finale is has been set up mm-hmm. and, and what i mean by that is the the none of the banter between characters within the mandalorian is new right. nobody's meeting anybody for the first time mm-hmm. like so there is a familiarity and the the constant back and forth is really really good mm-hmm. so when i'm thinking of just the opening sequence and they're following um the the shuttle yeah um and he's in slave one um the boba fett's behind behind uh bo katan yeah and they're talking over the radio and she's like look you're gonna do this i want i want you know make sure you do this correct and he's like don't you worry princess i got this (laughs) and i was like oh snap like the, the 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 it's you know first of all he's the oldest one in the group did yeah. you did you realize that he's yeah. the old man? Yep. In the, in in this whole crew, which totally cracks me up. Wow. Like he's he's literally the oldest dude or the oldest person in in this crew. I well, so no, nope. he? he's def he's definitely older than Bolka time. I was gonna say because she would be the next one, right? Because yeah, she's she'd been be around. Next, she was an why, adult during the Clone Wars. That's true. But yeah, I guess. No, but she was an adult later in the Clone Wars. Well, let's put it this way, Jeff. Katie Sackoff yeah. is definitely mm-hmm. younger than. And we don't know. We we also don't know how Boba Fett ages. True. Right. right. So he could have been born way before that. That's true. That's true. So, so oh, Jeff. By like, the way, the something awesome yeah. about their first meeting all aboard the Slave One. Did you notice that their compartment? Mm-hmm. Stay still while everything and is rotates. turning around oh, yeah. them. But, they, but that happens, dude. That happens in Attack of the Clones. Does so they really? show that. Yeah, I didn't know that. I so know that's that's so Jeff, how it works. I knew that the cockpit works basically the yeah. way. Jeff, I, did you have the toy, the slave one? Yes, yes. So you so remember I didn't the have cockpit? It, but I, I twist played up. with others. <laughs> <laughs> you secured play dates with exactly. kids who did own did. the slave I one. I did. I really did, man. Um. I did have the ship and the cockpit did twist into place. So yeah. you could, you could so have you an up and flying position. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. But I didn't know. I don't, I didn't know. I don't remember. You and you can tell me if I'm the wrong. The whole compartment rotated within it. Did that happen in, in, in Attack of the Clones as well? Because I don't remember yes. that happening. Really? So while, because when they get in, they're seated in a certain way. But then once it lifts off, it rotates. Oh, okay. Well, the way they showed it here. It was just so I cool. It was awesome. And you know what's awesome. awesome about it too, Jeff? Now, yeah. I told you, we, you and I talked earlier about this, that my wife is really into the show. She's not okay. watching it just because I'm making the family watch it. <laughs> right. She does so. You, you, didn't make a, you didn't make an executive decision. On total this. free will here, Jeffrey. Total okay. free All will. Right. All right. Um, but she didn't even notice that. And to me, that perfectly encapsulates what happens with this show where you could have never seen anything in Star Wars before. I mean, she has, right? But yeah, for people yeah. who haven't, you don't have to to enjoy no, the show. You, you don't need to see it. You don't see. You don't need to see a new hope to right. appreciate, or even re- you don't even need to see Return of the Jedi. No, to understand this episode, you can follow the show. Yeah. And but if you are like us, but if you do know and have seen everything, including all of the Lego Freemaker adventures, you're like yes, yes. You're just like awesome. oh. That's awesome. Like this you know thing what is, that is turning boss. because the ship flies boss. this way. Oh, dude. So good. So good. So so now because of that, Brett, I do have to have two different viewings 
of Mandalorian, though. Okay. And, and this is the reason why. Because when I watch it with my wife. As the entire show allowed, or individual episodes? Individual episodes. Okay. Like, I'm not allowed to pause while watching. <laughs> okay. She hates it when I do that. Wow. <laughs> so, she. Jeff. Jeff, you found it. You found it. That's a keeper, Jeff. She's a keeper. a keeper. She knows. <laughs> <laughs> so, she's like, she's like, I'm cool. I understand you want to watch it twice. Just for the first time, if we're wa- or any time that we're watching it together, I do not want any pauses. Just go straight through. Wow. And if there's commercials, we speed past them. Just I want. I just want to see it in one viewing. That's right, awesome, I'm like, Jeff. I, I'm, I'm like, that's, that's fine. great. I will pause it in the second viewing so that I can look for all the Easter eggs and understand what's going on. I see. I see, Jeff. I'm. I'm just gonna say. I think you should keep her for at least another 17 years. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I will let her know. <laughs> no, no, Jeff. Right. She's, she's, she's a permanent you know, employee. 30, she's not 30, renewed. 34, 34 has a good ring to it. Yeah. And then, and then double that. 68. And then, you know, just keep going from there. <laughs> yeah. So, so anyway, going back to the conversation, the, there's, there's a couple things. One of the things, one of the reasons why I like the banter is they, they highlighted this um, back in the episode where he, uh, where the Mandalorian teams up with Bo-Katan. And um, it's the idea, the reason he's calling her little princess is because she's literally royalty. Yeah. Bo-Katan. Yeah. And so it's a dig at the fact that, hey, you're supposed to be ruling Mandalore, but you're not. Right. And then even in the comics, the, the Fets are actually against um, the Catans. Like it's, dude, it, there's like family history here. Yep. So it really, it is very, very interesting. Right. That they're, they're having almost like um, a separate down low conversation in between the conversation right. that nobody else in the room understands. So they got like a Celtics so, Lakers dynamic going on. Oh, Jeff. Yes. Is that what you're oh, saying? Yeah. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> That's exactly what I'm saying. Like when you say, hey, this is number 17, you know exactly what I'm talking about. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know what I'm and I'm like, yeah, so, but the Celtics did this. And you're like, yeah, but who won the last one? Who won the last one? And I was like, oh, <laughs> shut up. <laughs> I got you, Shamrock. And then I no, turn no, back. No, 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 and that's why, and that's when I become Bill Burr. <laughs> like, shut up, kid. They're going to win it next year. So, 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 you know, I, I love what happened there. Also, he wasn't there too long. Like he, he served his purpose. He, you know, he, he, he peaced he shows, out, man. Yes, I'm trying to, I'm trying to do, I'm trying to do this. I'm going to, I'm going to shoot down your ship, but I'm going to escape. And, I'm and we know where he and went like, now. Yeah. And now we know where he went. And now we know where he went, man. Jeff, question for you. Do yeah. you think... But you know, he did have to come back and pick up what's-her-name. Yeah, who'd he so pick that, up? that doesn't make a whole lot of sense. He didn't just jump straight to Tatooine. Who, who'd he come back for? Oh, yeah, he had to come back for... You're right, he for had to Fennec. come back for Fennec. Okay, now, Jeff, yeah. that almost answers my question right here. Because what I was about See? to ask you is, do you think they did that just so that Boba and Luke would not meet? Right. Because... That was, you know, after sort of absorbing everything that happens at the end of the episode, I was just like, wait a sec. <laughs> the dude who put you into the Sarlacc pit. And oh, you're spoiling it, man. I, get, I haven't even Okay, 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 okay. Go ahead, hold go on, ahead, go on. ahead. I think, but, but I think I, we I, planted I, I, the seed of doubt <laughs> in the Moofmoker's mind. We can come back to it. Go ahead. Okay, all right. So, so anyway, they, they get to the ship. Um, they've already figured out their plan. Um, 
you know, they end up they end up kidnapping the um, the clone the clone scientists. Yeah, and he and then you know they figure out okay this is what we're gonna do with you know they talk about their plan. First of all, I love the fact that they all have different ships and they all meet up yes. at the bar. Yes. Right, I, I was yes. like, oh, that's great, I, and that was one of those geek out in front of your wife moments. Because yeah. I was just like, oh, it's like, a Mandalorian oh, man, ship. Look at those ships, yep. dude. Yeah, and then the ship that she has, mm-hmm. awesome. Right, like so, so because I don't think I don't think we actually see her ship in the earlier episodes. Exactly, because I, I was thinking the same thing. Because again, you if know you that watch ship is. That's the same ship from Rebel from Rebels. Right, you know that. Right? So if you watch so, Rebels and Clone Wars, yeah, yeah. then you're like. Am I seeing that for the first time in live action? Because yeah, I've, yeah. you know, and it's tough to remember. I couldn't figure out if it had been seen before in live action or not. Because I've so. seen it. I, I don't, don't think, think so, so either, yeah. Jeff. I think yeah. you're right. Yeah. So, so you know, it, so this is what I mean as far as um, this show was almost like the penultimate for, and I mean, I'm using that word wrong, but do, do you know what I'm saying? That it, this show had so many secret tie-ins yeah to other parts of the star wars franchise mm-hmm. that they did tastefully right and Ca- that's almost what i appreciated about this episode man. subtly like right they, it was subtle it wasn't overt right you, you know it was like it so it's the best piece of fan fiction i've ever seen mm-hmm. right because okay. they shouldn't have to explain everything explain you it. just said yeah. they shouldn't have to explain because why would you right right it's not a part of it that was kind of so the opposite you know? of that was kind of my beef with the um the thing in the previous episode with Fennec Shan where she's just yeah. like, Hey, check out my new guts. And right, it was right, just right. like <laughs> <laughs> why would you do that? You know? Like I could see if she tapped on it and you hear like a little sound of tin, like dink, Now that dink. would have been better. That, that would make more been sense. Better. Right. Yeah. But like but but, yeah. but it's like, you know what, let me show you my midriff. Like mm, Right. Nah, I don't think I, so. I, First of all, does a woman even normally do that? No. I don't think so. No. Right? No, dude. So, like, dude, why? if you can't ask a woman her age, do you think you yeah. can ask to see her lower <laughs> intestine? Like, no. <laughs> nice. I love that. I don't think so. So what you're saying is it was way more artfully done yes. in this episode. I agree. Yeah. And I, I agree. don't know if, that, if that's because they had more consultation or what. Um, but you know, so it, I'm not going to walk through the entire episode, mm-hmm. but the, to me, the big moments were when we first meet the dark troopers, like for real. Yep. And so when the dark trooper is holding the door open, dude, yeah. so here's the thing. I actually thought that I, I thought something was going to happen to the Mandalorian during that fight. Like that's how good it was. Right. Like you felt like he was actually in jeopardy. I thought he was in trouble, dude. Yep. Like I thought he was at least going to like lose an arm mm-hmm. or I don't know, like lose something. Right. You know, or get some brain damage. Like, yeah. Dude, the way, the way that robot was hitting the Beskar helmet, mm-hmm. I'm like, man, I'm worried. Yep. Like, is yeah. Is this going to stop? Like yeah, what's like, going on? Is the on? Beskar going to hold up? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And you know, it should, but you're still not it sure. Should, but it, it didn't look like it. Yeah. You know, so, so I was, I was worried about that. Um, the the way they did that entire fight scene was awesome. And let me and tell they, you, Jeff, I, I think yeah, the key to that is, mm. this is my thing, why I did like that scene so much and I didn't like what happened after with the Dark Troopers is like, one Dark Trooper is way better than 100. Because mm. to me, whenever we get like the group of them, it starts feeling a little Iron Man. And okay, all right. 
But Which has been done before. But it also does set the stage because like they said, I think Moff Gideon says it later. I know I'm jumping a little he bit, but I won't it. get into it. He okay. says something like, look, you had trouble with one of these. Yeah. What are you going to do now? Right? So that is cool. That is cool. Yeah. And, and it set, it did, it definitely set the tone. So, mm-hmm. and it, it goes back to this, this other part, Brett, which is nobody knows what a dark trooper is. Right. Right. Cause most people haven't read the book, have, haven't read the comics. They didn't play, you know, star Wars, <laughs> Jedi Knight, or, you know, um, dark Tro- star Wars, dark trooper with Kyle Katarn. You right. know? So, so right. I mean, it's, so it's, it's like those callbacks aren't going to, aren't going to be something that people reference, mm-hmm. but when they see this introduction of the dark trooper here, they're like, Oh wait. So not only can these things fly, but they have super strength and the, you know, they're not, they're, they're also proven to, to be more durable and not as stupid right. as stormtroopers. <laughs> yep. Right. Incompetent. So, I mean, and, and like, and there's a real, if it's one thing that they showed in this, it's, and it's almost too bad is they, they should, they were highlighting the difference between stormtroopers and dark troopers. Yeah. And the, and like, to me, because of that, it kind of failed the story on the section where the you know the power the girl power team yeah. is marching their way to the bridge. Now I will say this though, I did like the way they did it, and I like the their banter between each other. Mm-hmm. So it's it's the the banter between each other is way more natural yep. than the you know. And I read an article about this the the you know the way the heroes in Avengers Endgame. Are yes to each other. it's like eh, right you know like okay you guys don't know each other like there's clearly you know even though you're you're trying to save the world and the universe like you guys clearly don't have chemistry well, whereas these four they've worked long enough together to have chemistry and so the back and forth was actually there and there was a reason for them to be together too because yeah. i yeah i was thinking of the same scene and they Endgame. all had a role in endgame it's girl power which we obviously we don't have a problem with we love that no, no, no. right there's no yeah, yeah. Re- there's no reason to take issue with that but you can do it with purpose but there wasn't a reason that the male characters weren't there exactly whereas in this it was what we've gotten for years with everything else which is like nobody thinks twice when four dudes are rolling down the hall- hallway together shooting right. stormtroopers right we didn't think twice about four females rolling down the hallway shooting up no. stormtroopers. And but they there all was shot also... them different ways, though, man. They use their own yes. abilities. Yes. Like, in, in their, their own abilities came at appropriate times. Like, it was like, okay, now's the time to use the machine gun. So, you know, now Cara Dune's going to get in front. Right. Whereas when Fennec needs to pick people off, okay, that makes sense because you're the sharp shooter. Yep. And then it's like when the two, you know, um, the two Mandalorians, Mandalorians yeah, they you know, go off the platform, fly off and then, and then shoot from above. Exactly. It's like, oh yeah, that totally makes sense right. because that's what they do. So this was, or it not only organic, what, what the problem with the end game one happening is it mm-hmm. wasn't even in continuity with yeah. what was going on where this was like, you know, why Mando wasn't there, you know, where he was. We kind of know why Boba wasn't there, which is mainly to avoid a confrontation with Luke because on the part of the writers, but also cause he was doing something in slave one. So it's yeah. like, it made sense for them to be together. They're an incredibly awesome team together. And, yeah, and the reason Bo-Katan's there is because, you know, I thought about this later is she really is the leader of the group. 
Yep. Like this is this is something that, you know, I don't I think this has gone under the radar, but this is her mission. Mm-hmm. Like I understand that they're trying to rescue Grogu, but like she's the one who plans it. Right. She's the one who says, "Okay, this is what we're doing with the ship. Mm-hmm. This is how we're going to take it." Right. And you you're going to be a distraction, but this is, you know, the dark sabers for me. Yes. Like and like yeah. she lets him know. She's like, "No, no. I'm not doing this unless you give me the dark saber, and that means Moff Gideon is mine." exactly she's like mando you are the meanwhile like yeah yeah. (laughs) me me and my girls we're gonna be finding you are the side dish bro yeah we're (laughs) gonna be finding moff gideon in the dark saber meanwhile here's din Djarin rescuing grogu you know and he's the side mission like it, it it i love the fact that even though it's the finale even though the the whole season is about this yep that about rescuing Grogu really yeah is that it was still made where Din is that's he was the side mission Mm -hmm. (laughs) okay Mm -hmm. for the whole thing like there's a bigger enchilada that's actually at work here because dude as soon as the dark saber came out in season one that's what people were talking about yeah why does Moff Gideon have the dark saber right what happened to Mandalore Right. Like that's like that's what this show is supposed to be about. Yeah. It's supposed to be about the Mandalorians, man. Yep. So like Jeff, let not, me ask you, does you know, it did it even, bother you even at all? In the all? beginning, Grogu was a side mission, dude. Right. So so does it bother you at all that this hmm. season how do you feel about the fact that I think anyone can agree that this hmm. season did deviate from that sort of core focus. That formula. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. not just the formula, but like you know, the fact that it went in. So, Jeff, I, I told you before when we talked earlier, I think of this episode as like a mini mall where mm-hmm. it used to be the one store, right? <laughs> okay. The, okay. The Mando store. Yeah. And then this season they're like, yeah, but maybe you want a little, you know, Bo-Katan market and maybe a little Ahsoka shop over here. And we know now why they're yeah, yeah. doing that, you know, to some extent why they're there doing that. There was a purpose. Was to introduce other shows. Absolutely. And that's fine to me. But I do think, I guess I'm going to jump the gun a little here, Jeff, and tell you that as my assessment of the season as a whole, I love everything that has been built up within the the Mandalorian's own ecosystem. Right. The Mandalorian lore. The Mandalorian lore. Everything about it, you know, everything from season one, especially Queel, IG-11, Cara Dune, Grief Karga, they built their own world within the Star Wars universe that right. uh, until that time had no connection to the broader Star Wars universe. And I think there's there's a segment of the fan base mm-hmm. that grew so attached to that. And I personally feel like it loses a little something. Mm. You know, I feel like it lost a little something this season by reconnecting to the broader Star Wars universe universe so and to me it's like and again this isn't a criticism this is like you you take from one thing to give Mm -hmm. to another so to me it's a loss to get i I think like the first couple episodes of the season were still in that mando centric universe so what you're really saying is that this is a loss by addition sure sure yeah now i i would counter that by saying this i believe that season two 
This is my this is my future I, prediction. I feel something bold coming. It's coming, dude. <laughs> I think I think that season two was just set up. Yeah. yeah. I believe that season two was set up for the character of Mandalore. Of 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 the Mandalorian. Because the Mandalorian will become Mandalore. Jeff, I wanted and, to tell so you. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. So because of that, they needed this season. I, I know I, I got you on your edge of your seat, <laughs> right? But wait, I got to say this. Wait till Let you me say what it. I tell you, Jeff. Go on, go on. <laughs> so, so what I'm saying is that all of season two was about creating the character and mindset and exploring the mind of the Mandalorian. Right. And understanding who he is as a person. Yep. And we can't understand him unless we understand Grogu. Yeah, because they have a bond and an attachment and they had to explore it. Yeah. So my thing was the whole reason this season existed is to show us who he is so that when he finally takes the next step of becoming a leader, because right now he's not right. right? He is not a leader at all. Yep. All right. And and honestly, in season one. He was, he, he was like, I only work by myself. He was much like, further he, away. Yeah. Like, right. you know what I mean? In, in season one, it's like, I only work by, by myself. And, you know, I just happen to be working with other people. Right. This season, he's like, I need other people to work together in order to accomplish a goal. Yep. Now, season three will be, I am the leader and I'm bringing you together to work together for a common goal. Dude, like the setup of this season for next season, it doesn't even have to include all these extra um, tentacles into the other parts of the Star Wars universe. Right. But they did it for Grogu to establish his character. Because my thing is, it's his reaction to everything happening to Grogu. It's his reaction to the Jedi. Mm -hmm. It's his reaction to this is the way. Mm -hmm. Because in the season one, he's like, I'm absolutely sure what the way is. You right. don't need to tell me. I right. tell you. And up in, 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 two, in most of this season, only yeah, toward well, the end does he start to question his dude, own beliefs. Towards set. the end, he's like, I'm not sure this is the way. Right. Like, like right. He, he actually is full on questioning it and they show it by his actions they show it by his words yep. and they show it by his connection to Grogu mm -hmm. because he's like you know what I'm gonna change the way so that I can make it work for Grogu and Jeff one thing that I love uh, that I failed to mention regarding the second to last episode was Bill Burr's character Migs Mayfeld set that oh, up he, for he's him. the one who blows it up he basically like, told him before he about? did it before yeah. he did it he said look some you're gonna get to a point where you, you have, have to, to change your mindset, yes, uh. in order to go on and do the right thing. And then he does. So you know, and this, again, is great writing. And by mm. the way, forgot to mention the director of the episode, Rick Famuyiwa, who was just incredible. Yeah, dude, um, dude is good. Dude, we need more of him. Mm. Um, but he basically, well, like, he basically real conversations. predisposed Mando to like, okay, you have to recognize like what Bill Burr, he, he almost <laughs> prophesied what you would do. <laughs> Like 20 minutes ago. So yeah. now that you took your helmet, and by the way, I don't know, man, like seeing Pedro Pascal's face mm. be, because they've handled it so with Dude, so much restraint, the emotion on his face when he go, when he finally does yes. it, I'm like, what? And what I love and, too, you know, and we're skipping past, we're skipping past the conversation he had with Moff Gideon. 
Like he's he's like, dude, I don't care about your saber. Oh, like right. just give me the kid. Oh, and, and that, I'm out of here. And that was a great fight too, by the way. I yeah. thought both of those, the Dark Trooper fight and the Moff Gideon fights, were fantastic. Yeah. But yeah, it's like I think they handled it with so much restraint mm. that when he does take the helmet off, you're just like. I, I was just enthralled and I'm so happy to, he's all for, I mean, first of all, dude, he's got a likable face, you know, you can <laughs> never does. put he your does. finger on it. Right. But there are some people you want to punch and there are some people you want to hug. <laughs> and Bill he's Burr, huggable. if anything, he's Bill huggable. Burr, you wanted to punch and yeah, yeah. he really he's had to earn guy. it. Pedro Pascal, you're just like looking at that dude. Like, I want to give that guy a hug or I want him to hug me. Yeah. But like, he was so lovable. And in that moment, and there were a couple of moments in this season that I really like for this reason. You realize... Oh, but we're skipping... We're, no, no, hold on. We'll, we'll get back. We'll get back. We'll come right, right back, Jeff. I promise. Okay. All right. um, <laughs> this is just a quick game of peekaboo, Jeff. Okay. Um, he, he, he He's so childlike. You mm. realize, like, Mando is the most naive, despite being the Out most... Of everybody. Sort yeah. of like... They've all sort of had some trauma. Every single well, character on the show. Let's let's not kid ourselves. Mando is a bona fide killer. He's a killer. You know, but he's also but he's also very naive. Yeah. Like, yeah. you know, the thing again, this is the way. Like he's only yeah, ever this known is the way. one way. And when, when the helmet's off and he sees this dynamic between Bill Burr and the Imperial officer, he's, he's acknowledging like, dude, let's, yeah. what, what's going on? Like he dude, he looks like a child. He looks like a six-year-old kid trying to figure out why the two adults are fighting right now. Yep, yep, and yep. and that's wonderful. And I think he's like, that, he's like, are you really doing this? And that plays into everything you said about the development of him as a character, because you're right. He was not a leader. He's so much closer now than he was, you know, in season he's one. He's still not there. He's still not there. Not there. I agree. But Jeff, you, you, Jeffrey, before this show aired, when we were just like, what is this going to be when we're just throwing out wild, crazy predictions? Mm -hmm. I'm 99% positive. You predicted the Mandalorian, the titular character of the show becoming the Mandalore. So did I say it? Shout out no. to you, dude. You -uh. totally did. I am almost positive. We got to go back and listen. This was when uh, an episode, I guess that would go back maybe oh, two you years. Mean like, oh, you mean like at the end of season one? No, we, before season to... one, Jeff, before season one. Now I will say this by way of comparison. Ooh, I wow. threw out a Boba. Th I threw out some Boba Fett theories back at that mm -hmm. time. I, I was fairly certain that he would be involved in the show in some way. They did everything to sort of that. lead us yeah. away from that. Yeah. I did present a hypothetical scenario that is not entirely off from what ended okay. up happening right, in season right. two. Close. The difference was I definitely thought it would be like the beginning of the show in season right. one. So I was wrong about that. But you, my friend, you talked a lot about being the Mandalore, what that means. Um, and I'm pretty sure, Jeff, maybe we'll have to go back and listen, but I'm okay. pretty sure you predicted the possibility or maybe even gave one of your Jeffrey 100% guarantees. It's possible. That he would <laughs> yeah. become the Mandalore. And I think yeah. that's pretty cool. Only because there's just so much history that they talk about the Mandalore in the expanded universe. That like there's there's just so much there to go into that you don't even need the rest of Star Wars right. to go into this. Right. Like that's that's what's that's what's so interesting about this. This yep. is a whole nother universe mm -hmm. that they can explore that has nothing to do with 
example, the Jedi. However, they use the Jedi this season to set up Mandalore's character. Yeah. And that, that's, that's, to me, that's what all this is about. Now, in view of that, what happened in the finale <laughs> of the rescue? Do now. Here's here's the thing. Jeff, I, already, I can't believe your I, I can't believe I your restraint and patience. Oh, d- dude, I got to work my way up to this. And not just getting just right out. here. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, but so before you thing. do, Jeff, but before I, you I do, to hold the milk milkers in suspense further. Okay. I think another thing that makes it appropriate the way they handled the Jedi this season is that. Mm. You know, and I think you were you were maybe sort of indirectly inferring this, which is, is that the the history of the Mandalorians is very much tied Wait. into the history of the Jedi. Oh yeah, I mean it's all about you know their their whole system of uh, of of fighting mm-hmm. is developed to defend themselves against Jedi, right? Yeah. So specifically, so, so it's not just a ploy of like this is Star Wars. We got to get Jedi in there, dude. Not only that, but as far as they're concerned, so. so I, I got to tell you this from uh, playing the the old Republic, mm-hmm. but as far as the Mandalorians are concerned, the Jedi are the only people that they've lost to. Yeah. Okay. So it's like, okay, these guys are the only ones that we're preparing to fight and the only ones that we consider an honorable fight. Mm-hmm. And like, as, as far as their, as far as their whole ethos, honor and fighting are, is that, that's it. Mm-hmm. Like that, that's that's their entire you know cosmos of thinking. Yep. So to to see the the links that they bring into this show, I was waiting for okay. Well, how are you going to explain and how are you going to show the Jedi? Because in this case, they are mysterious mm-hmm. because they haven't been around. Yeah. And but just like the Mandalorians, they also haven't been around. Like the you know they're hiding. It's it's according to the Forger. She says, look. This is the way. We, this we're doing this to survive because yeah. otherwise we'd be hunted down and taken out. Right. So, what? It, it's it, guess what? The Jedi have been doing the exact same thing. Mm-hmm. Like that's what that's what cracks me up. The while the Empire has been ruling, the Ma- Mandalorians and the Jedi have been doing the exact same thing: hiding and surviving. Yep. That's what they've been doing. Yep. So. Here we finally get to see them come out. Ahsoka comes out and she's like, "Yep, I'm a I'm a Jedi and I'm taking you out because you're the magistrate and you're messing up this planet. Mm-hmm. And that it's it's my own vendetta. I don't care what else what what anyone else is doing. I'm taking it upon myself to bring justice to this area. <laughs> and it's like, okay, well, fine. Yep. See, let's see, let's see what you're gonna do, Clevis. But instead. <laughs> You know, so of course she wins. And it's interesting that the Beskar spike that she ends up giving to the Mandalorian, guess what? He ends up needing it. Yep. He ends up using it against the Darksaber, takes out Moff Gideon, has the Darksaber, gets to the bridge, and they're like, okay, we're all done here. Let's go. Bo-Katan, here's your Darksaber. Yeah. (laughs) Here you go, Bo-Katan. And then Moff Gideon starts laughing. And like, I love that. So, So just that conversation... It almost made me think one thing, which is first of all, he's always kind of two steps ahead. And yep. I love that they I love that they show that. Yeah. And he doesn't win. Moff Gideon doesn't survive because of um brute force right. or because of power. 
he wins because he's literally intelligent. Yes. Like this dude is actually thinking about what am I going to do next? And you are just falling into place. He is and the Joker the, to Bo-Katan's Batman. Yeah. Yeah. For real. Yeah. And like he, he's actually formidable right now. So it made sense to me that he lost to the Mandalorian. Right. I it, agree. It makes sense that he's not a physically tr- super trained assassin because right. he's not right. Like he, he's, he isn't a great warrior. He's right. just a great tactician. Well, you know, compared to this, I mean, we're in the upper echelon, right? Like yeah. the main cast still, now. He can, right. he can still take out most people, right? But you know, but like the I Mandalorian, said, Mandalorian's yeah. top top notch, exactly. So, so Jeff, this is a good point. Happens, I want to say, you know, because mm-hmm. one of the things that one of the things that weakens the Marvel movies, maybe their mm-hmm. only flaw, mm-hmm. is that sort of failure to adequately explain the rock paper scissors dynamic there we go where it's like one second hulk destroys everyone the next second he's vulnerable you never really know where people are in the pecking order whereas in the mandalorian you You know exactly feel like you do yeah yeah Yeah. so there's a clear there's a clear hierarchy and i love the fact that the mandalorian keeps his word he's like dude i don't want this here, just take it. Yep. Like, please, yep. I'm done. Like, I don't care. You know, I yield. Like, it's right. it's it's so funny. He tried to find like three different ways to give up this dark saber, yep. and Bo-Katan's like, nope. I can only take it one way. From he you. is extremely principled. Very <laughs> yeah. principled dude. Yep. Yeah. Well, yep. I, I love that about him. Right. So, in between all of that, finally, Fennec comes in. He's like, uh, "So, guys, we've got forty dark troopers coming our way." Yeah. And it was like, okay, based off of the first fight, I truly felt like, okay, somebody is going down. Because here's the thing. I thought somebody was going to die. Yeah, me too. I mean, me didn't too. you? Like, I, I thought I thought at least one character was going to die. I do, and I still wish someone had. Oh, but that's another, but that's another thing. I, well, okay. Jeff, you know how I feel. And, yeah, yeah. We, and we also know how Jon Favreau allegedly feels mm-hmm. about, like, you gotta, you got to have loss. You, or yeah, else there's no danger, loss. right? You got to invest, man. Right. But maybe that, you so, know, maybe season three, we can, maybe we can kill people left and right. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't given up hope, Jeff. Well, you know what? I think it would be pretty awesome if somebody died in the first episode. of season Me too. Three. Me too. I'm I predicted saying. deaths for this season, Jeff, and I did not get my wish. And it, well, so here's the thing, because we did talk about this. Moff Gideon does shoot Bo-Katan, right? Yeah, but I I was so I was trying to figure out what happened to her. Did you like rewatch that section to see? I read that she's fine. I I just took the Internet's word for it, Jeff. People said that she was back up after that. I didn't notice when I was watching, but I think she's okay. And I think that must be true because you're not just going to kill off Bo-Katan and then, you know. Just kind of ignore it, like no big deal. Like that would be one of the worst deaths of all time, right? Where like you're this legendary leader of Mandalorians, you get shot up and bleed out on the ground, and then everybody's just like, "Luke Skywalker survived the entire empire." Right? You know what I mean? She she survived through the Clone Wars and the and the Empire, and yet still, right? She's not going out like that. (laughs) Okay, (laughs) she can't. Right? Not going out like that. But anyways, but the the point that I'm leading up to is I actually thought that somebody was going to die because mm-hmm. I thought their chances of getting out getting out of that ship alive went went almost to zero when those dark troopers showed up. 
Which Especially is successful. When they were knocking down the door. Successful writing, Jeffrey. Right? Very good writing. Again, Very that's writing. that rock, paper, scissors thing. Yeah. Like, this is like 40 rocks in the yeah. form of dark troopers that and, you can't uh, be. And, and here's the thing. It actually makes sense that Moff Gideon is explaining it to everybody else. Yeah. He's like, yeah, so just so you know, me and Grogu are going to be the only two people left alive yeah. after all this is after yep. all this is done. Yep. Like, and he is sure of it. Mm-hmm. Like the way he's speaking, the way he's 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 acting. So to me, that lends to the ultimate finale, which is, oh, I see an X-wing, and Cara Dune says, "Oh, great, we're saved." <laughs> Wait, did she Loved really it. say that? Yes, yeah, she said that, dude. That's that's. Dude, oh man, I missed that. That moment, that moment was everything. Jeff, did you know right away? No, when you, I I need to tell no. you something, Jeff. I don't Dude, know if you know even this. Even after, even after they said X wing, I was like, okay. I was like, it better be a Jedi because otherwise, this is going to be all for naught. Here's the then, deal, Jeff. When I then, saw it, when yeah, I saw yeah. it, I yelled right, and you'll be able to okay. ask my wife and kid later. Okay. Um, <laughs> you you will be able to prove this. Okay. I kept yelling like. No, no. <laughs> so the second, the second, the, the X-Wing comes on screen, I uh-huh. yelled no. Okay. And then the second you see whatever the next little glimpse, you know, cause they kind of did it like a so little even, piece at a time. Even when they showed the X-Wing coming into the hangar, yeah. I was, I was still in shock and hadn't uttered a word. Well, they did lay the groundwork, right? Because we had the other couple of guys from the, the, the new Republic fleet. We, yeah. We've seen X-Wings on the show. So it wasn't automatic. Here's the thing, Jeff, that I want to tell you. Okay. I don't. Did you recognize anything when it was in the hangar? Jeff, when I went on the Man Bro Lorian's podcast. Okay. All right. Uh, this goes back, <laughs> I guess now, boy, this, this Mando time flies, doesn't it? Like it's crazy <laughs> that the season is over. So I'm guessing this is, this might be two months ago already when I went on oh, there. Wow. Okay. Well, actually, no, shorter. When after the Ahsoka show, mm-hmm. I went on and we were asking each other, you know, who will be the Jedi to show up to answer Grogu's call? Right. If and when, because we didn't know still, would he make it so to the scene stone? I walked through an entire scenario of, you know, guys, it could be Luke Skywalker. <laughs> the, you know, they've shown, and, and my reasoning is, they've Why? shown some serious thermal detonators before, Jeff, right? This show has some serious uh let's say boldness and okay. they're, they they right. they don't shy away from big decisions. I mean no, the first no, episode don't. of the show the like, big reveal I mean, dude, is a I'm Yoda still, species baby. So I'm still I'm still reeling from Quill's death. Quill, right? So like they're not afraid to go big and go bold. So that's the first thing that made me think this could happen. And IG11's gone, dude. Like Ma- Mark Hamill is still you know, alive. So that was another part of my logic. So I walked through okay, this right. kind of, I actually hypothetically went through the whole depressing scenario of like, it could be Luke Skywalker. But I'm Luke surprised could you didn't take say him. Ezra Bridger. Well, that was another possibility. That's you know, I who think, I was thinking. I think there were three or four that were reasonably I mean, likely. even Ahsoka could have showed up. Ahsoka could have come back. Yeah. Uh, Luke Skywalker, Ezra Bridger, and also the character from Jedi Fallen Order, Cal Cestus. That, yeah, that was the other big him, one. But I don't think it's like he doesn't have the gravitas. Right. Or then, well, you know, and then the other one, the real wild card, Jeff, was the Mace Windu. Mace Windu. People are still <laughs> feeling that. Like, and I still, Yo. and I agree, Jeff. I think, 
I would be surprised. See, here's what, and this is what I think the mindset is probably at Lucasfilm right now is like, mm. look, we we lament not having Carrie Fisher around. They, you know, obviously it was a big loss for the rise of yeah. Skywalker. But dude, Samuel L. Jackson can still move. He's still here. Harrison <laughs> Ford is still here. He but showed he up. Make and, it work. He showed up post death in yeah. Rise of Skywalker. You know, do it. Mark Hamill's still alive. Why not? Samuel L. Jackson, he's still making 12 Marvel movies a month. So <laughs> why are we not going to bring him back as Mace Windu? Again, a guy who did not get a satisfactory death, just like Boba. And so, he's totally working next door, man. So absolutely. So I thought that Luke Skywalker was a very real possibility. Okay. So I was not. And mine, maybe, was, mine was Mace Windu. Okay. I thought that was possible too. And that's okay. why when I saw the X-Wing, I immediately thought it could be him. Oh, so so Jeff, on that podcast, I presented the whole scenario. Luke yeah. Skywalker could show up. They could de-age him. He okay. could take Grogu. Grogu could be one of the Jedi students killed by Kylo Ren as seen in flashbacks in The Force Awakens yeah, true, and The Last true, Jedi. True. However. And, and now that could still be the case or he could get awake because, you know, I think the way it's presented in The He's Last Jedi, really Jedi was that they're not all killed off, though. That Well, that being the point of well, like he killed, no, he, he, you know, he, he killed some of the students. He took others with him. But could could Grogu escape? Grogu apparently escaped yeah. from the Jedi Temple on Coruscant. Dude, apparently in the comics, um, which is part now part of canon. Kylo Ren does not kill all of the students when the Jedi Academy blows up. There we go. So there you go. So that's, that's not the, the the students he kills are the ones who comes after him. Right. And if there's one thing that that, Grogu's good at, it's escaping a massacre at the hands of a Skywalker. (laughs) Hey now, hey now. So he may do that for a second time. Yeah. When escaping Luke's Jedi Academy, we don't know, but yeah. So I did think it was possible. So when did you know for sure? The gloved hand, Skywalker. the gloved hand, because I think okay. you see. So me too, me yeah. too. So, yeah. so when I saw, when I saw, cause I was like, I don't know if it's Luke, but as soon as I see one hand yep. without a glove and one hand exactly, with, Jeff. I exactly. was like, that's it. Exactly. It was, dude, it was like, I was looking for Michael Jackson. That's like, what I was dude. looking for. And that's when <laughs> like, I really where exclaimed. Is the one glove? That was the and big exclamation. I didn't even need, like, that was before I even saw the green lightsaber. Yeah. Right. Because I was like, I, I saw the glove and I was like, oh, it's him. That's it. And then I right. saw the green light That's saber, what you like, needed to yes. know. Yep. And that, that was just like the double confirmation. You know, right. you know how when you're a reporter, <laughs> you're a reporter and you need, you need at least two sources. Yep. yep. Those were my two sources, the glove hand and then the green light saber. Exactly. And I was like, yes, yep. it's no him. No doubt. No doubt. And then, dude, I'm sorry. But like, and it, it, again, I know you don't feel the same way about this. However. Okay. Jeff, I still cried. Luke. Dude, this is the Luke Skywalker that I have been waiting for. Like, I, I can't tell you how many times we have seen, like, I feel like the prequels never did the Jedi justice. Yeah. As, as far as showing what they can do and how they can do it and how imposing they are and right. how fearsome they are. Yeah. Because it made, it, the prequels made, um, being a Jedi almost like commonplace. It was like, yeah. you know, there's like, tw- there's like 25 sabers on the screen mm-hmm. in the attack of the clones. Exactly. Everybody's Jeff. just fighting with swords. You can exactly. just print them up. It, it wasn't it was- grounded in reality. It didn't feel yeah. real. 
Yeah. yeah. It felt like a superpower. It felt like they marvelized the Jedi, basically. They did. They did. I agree. And, and like it was, it was, it was like a t- that ver- that scene in Attack of the Clones is almost like a bad version of Avengers Endgame. Yeah. As far as as far as how they bring all those Jedi together, like I just I just didn't like it. Absolutely. Oh, Whereas- and Jeff, and and also even at the end of Revenge of the Sith, you know when Palpatine kills all Mace's pals, you know it was like, too quick. They didn't, was, dude, they were terrible. He barely flinched. Right, which is the exact opposite of like the fight scenes in this episode where yeah. it's like, you believe the dark trooper is super powerful. Yeah. And then that lends more weight to the Mando's skill in being able to survive exactly, that encounter. Exactly, And it's all, and Jeff, it's also the way it's filmed. You know, it's writing, it's sort of everything, but even the way yeah. it's filmed, you know, the way, like you said, 200 Jedi, not impressive. 200 Dark Troopers, not that impressive. One almost invincible Dark Trooper, very you impressive, go. you know? Right, and so, but but here's the thing. Because of that setup, when Luke goes through the hallway, and again, I know that it's very, very similar to Rogue One yeah. and how Vader comes through. And dude, that's still, that is still like, to me, I, I don't know about you, but like that's still the defining moment for the Sith. Like, like I t- that that sequence was better to me than the fight between Palpatine and Yoda. Mm-hmm. All right. So when you have that same sequence, and again, like that Father is Weiss, what they should be able to do. Like everything we've been told, right? right? Like <laughs> this is what they should be doing routinely. Dude. Dude, this is what like this is what they can do in the video games. Why can't they make this happen <laughs> right. in real life? Like yeah. that's that's basically what I'm saying is mm-hmm. they they give these they give these characters unbelievable powers in the video game. But then when it comes to live action, it's like, oh well, you know, all I can do is move a few pebbles. Right. No. Right. Like this is if you're if you are in front of a Jedi, you pause and you're like you know what i'm not sure i want to be here mm-hmm. because these guys could take me out mm-hmm. without a second thought mm-hmm. so when he goes up against these dark troopers he uses multiple force powers to take them out and they're, they're all appropriate and the amount of force that they show with each one it's like okay yep like luke skywalker isn't just some farm boy yeah like he is a master jedi knight (laughs) this kid is responsible for getting rid of the emperor like you know what i mean yeah he he should have that kind of gravitas yeah and this is the first time they showed him with that it was like no this is the like he's almost the de facto leader of the republic (laughs) you know what i'm saying like come on and and so when he walks in they all take a step back, and the reaction on their faces of the crew—that's mm-hmm. what got to me. Because it was like, it's not just what Luke is doing when he comes down the hallway; it's their reaction. It's like, you know what? I'm not gonna lower my gun because I don't know what he's gonna yeah. do when he gets here. That's like, what was funny, dude, right? Because as a viewer, you're like, yeah. "Let him in, dude. What's yeah, wrong yeah. with you?" And oh, that's no, no, how. No. And Mando wants to let him in, but everybody else is like, "Dude, what are you doing? Like, don't yeah, like. Did are you, you see crazy, what that man? dude just did?" <laughs> You know, and I thought that was really funny. And here's the thing. In that time period, it's it's true that Jedi also still struck fear. Yeah. And that's like, to me, that's what's missing. Like it's it's the authority and the fear that comes from saying, okay, 
Jedi are no joke. Right. So, and Jeff, I love that, you know, it's been pointed out, of course, even from, uh, even from return of the Jedi, that Luke mm-hmm. does things that normally a Sith would do. Yeah. Right. You know, like the way, <laughs> the way he handles, dude. the way he handles Gamorreans, dude, it's like, yeah. Hey, that's not, <laughs> but, but Jeff, he's, <laughs> he's living in a time that is largely Jedi free, you know? So again, yeah. he's not like, if there is a way for like, this is dude, the he's way for the Jedi as he goes. Yeah. He doesn't know about it. You know, he's, yeah. he's not, uh, um, you know, an old Republic Jedi. He's no, Luke Skywalker. He's, just, he's using a force power because he can. Yeah. And the only thing that's like, stopping I picked up him some from, things from my dad. Yeah. I picked up some things from this guy. Ben, you know, exactly. but I'm kind of doing my own thing. But guess what? He's like, look, as long as I'm not, you know, he, like the only thing keeping him in check is he actually has good intentions. Yeah. Like that, like, like honestly, that's, right. that's the only thing keeping him in check. And he's like, look, I want to do whatever's best for my friends and for the general populace, but mostly for my friends. Mm-hmm. And like his friends give him the moral compass and say, okay, well then this, you should do this. Right. This would be the right thing. Right. And so he's like, okay, well then that's what I'll do. Right. But now he's gotten to a point where he's like, okay, if I choose a direction, that's it. Yeah. So he comes in, like it, it, it totally makes sense. He comes in and he already knows that Grogu's in danger. He already knows where to find Grogu yeah. because of the signal. Yeah, and he now, doesn't need a so GPS. So now they're already, dude, they're already connected in Jedi GPS. Yep. So he just gets there and he's like, yeah, of course I need to take, take out the, the dark troopers and get to the bridge. And guess what? He gets to the bridge, lightsaber off. Because he's like, look, you guys already know. I don't even need the lightsaber to, to take all of you guys. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm not going to do that because you know who I am. Right. Like, right. But, and, the, but and you know, and their fear is yeah. is based in their own mentality because if they were him, who knows what they would do, right? Like if they had that exactly. kind of, and so they're expecting him to act the way they would act. And that's right. the difference. Whereas Mando, like, no. Mando is again, a principled guy. So he's well, not and, expecting him to act that way. And he's the one, he's the only one in that room who has good intentions. Right. Yeah. He's like, you know what? This is this is my quest. I was supposed to bring Grogu back to his own kind, and you are clearly one of his kind. Right. Like that's in 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 the so he only has one question: Are you a Jedi? Like it's not even are you Luke Skywalker? Did you realize that the name Luke Skywalker did not come up? Yes. In the entire episode, yeah. like and, that's what I'm talking. And about. it probably shouldn't. I mean, no, it should. It never should have been mentioned, dude. He could have been anybody. Right. And given given how sheltered the Mando has been, yeah. you know, he like, doesn't know who Luke Skywalker is. Right. Like, in, the, in the Force Awakens, you know, they kind of know like it's, you know, they're, they they do talk about him as a legend. But, but do you think anyone in that room actually knew who Luke Skywalker was? Like, that, I, that's what I'm talking about. So I think I think Bo-Katan outside of Moff Gideon, I think Moff Gideon knew. I think Moff Gideon knew. He definitely knew, right? Yeah, he definitely, he definitely knew. knew because he springs from the old empire. Yeah. I think Bo-Katan had to know. But then again, you know, it's like, I what, don't think so, what man. would you really know? You know, I mean, like when you look at episode one of the season, right? They're they're watching the Death Star blow up on C-SPAN, you know, yeah. and they're all just like, woohoo, the Death Star blew up. They don't know why. They don't know that there's a dude dressed in black dragging his half-dead dad out of that ship on a stolen Imperial shuttle. They don't yeah. like, Why would they know They don't that? know, man. Right. And they I like know. that better because I think to me, it's like if everybody treats Luke Skywalker like we treat Luke Skywalker... That doesn't make sense. No. You know, we're the audience. They're he's, in it. He's introducing himself. Yes. Yeah. You know what I mean? So yeah. so that's why. And it's like, okay, you know what? 
in this scenario, my name's not important. Mm-hmm. What's important is that you know I'm a Jedi. Right. You just so need to like, know okay. if that you should be letting him go with me. Yeah. And, and I will. And, and he, he says everything. He only says what he needs to say, right. which is I'm a Jedi. I will lay my life down for Grogu and I will show him the ways of the force. Yeah. Bam. And so, dude, again, and actually, can, awesome. can I, Jeff, can I tell you something? Yeah. Um, I was as enthralled with R2's appearance as I was with Luke. Even better. Oh. Even better. And, and dude, the linkage. Yep. Do you realize that it's almost positive that R2 recognized Grogu? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. And the fact that like, like that is deep, dude. Dude, uh, as as parents ourselves, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. You know, when when your kid, you know, this kid's just like, all right, I kind of, I'm kind of vibing with this Jedi guy here, but like, yeah. I don't want to leave my dad. But wait, he's got a puppy. Oh snap! Let me I'll go check that out, right? Like, dude, <laughs> yeah. you know, just like you saw that slave one at your friend's house, and you're like, "Bye, mom." <laughs> well, because here's the thing: Grogu doesn't know Luke, right? He knows R two, so R two vouch like in this in this scenario, R two is literally vouching for Luke. Mm-hmm. Love it. And R two, I mean, look, he's just more child friendly, even if you're a 51 year old child. Yeah, but guess what? R two's the smartest in the whole bunch. He sure is. Like, I mean, dude, he's the one who's last. He's the one character who's lasted almost unscathed mm-hmm. through the entire Skywalker right. saga. Right. It's good you said unscathed because almost. C-3PO's <laughs> been torn up left and right. Yeah. Dude, he's, he's had lost, so many limbs. He's lost arms. He's been, he's been decapitated. Like, you know, yep. like, come on. Jeff, so, let's so, get... So, yeah. closing so, it, thoughts again, on this, this episode this before was, we get to the fail bag. This was the ultimate episode for me yep. only because of the way they treated past linkages to the Star Wars franchise. Yeah. I love the way they did it. I love Luke Skywalker. I think the way they they showed him, and even the CGI worked. Like, to me, all of it worked. I understand that there's hiccups, but to me, just all of it worked for that particular moment. Yeah. And Jeff, I think the, the CGI thing, mm. however I may feel about it, no. is irrelevant in a time of celebration. Right. And I think I, I think this this <laughs> this episode and this series should be celebrated. Yeah. Um, now, Jeff, I am going to read you one thing mm. because I partly agree with this and partly disagree. And I'll, I'll right. and I'll explain. This is from Emily. Oh, the comment. Yeah. Emily Vanderwerf mm-hmm. from Vox. <laughs> Vox. Is that make, a real name? I don't I don't hardly ever read anything from them. They make really okay. cool videos, um, sort of explainer videos on YouTube. Yeah. She wrote this. Now, now she was not a fan so much. She seemed kind of kind of mixed bag on this episode from her. Yeah. And again, Jeff, I've seen both sides of reaction. Well, and, and here's here's the thing. As much as I love this episode, Brett, this was not my favorite episode from the season. Yeah, right. Same here. Same so here. So this is not my top episode. But there was there were a, there was a lot to love. But mm. she wrote this. She said the Mandalorian, this was the summation of her review. To the to For the, the episode and really to the, the kind of to the season too when you take okay. the tone right. of it, she said mm-hmm. the Mandalorian like most shows is at its best when it charts its own course. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, it's so much harder to take the back roads when you could just get on familiar highways and go all of the places you've already been. Now, mm. what I agree with interesting is okay. I enjoy this show a lot more mm-hmm. when it is on the uncharted path. 
Like yes. we talked about the Mando ecosystem, which is the way I'll re- I think it's the there's only There's so way to much say story it. within Mando. There's yep. so much, there's a richness to what they've built from the ground up without linking to anything existing, but maybe only referring it. IG-11 is an IG droid, but he's not IG-88. Mm-hmm. And that's sort of as close as you get. So it feels like part of the same world, but it has charted its own course. Right. At the same time, you know, and I do agree that I become less interested the more involved it gets with the existing stuff that we've already seen. Of course. Be it yep. the the Mandalorians from Rebels and Clone Wars or Luke Skywalker or anything else. At the same time, this is, it made sense for Luke to be there. So I can't, I'm, I would it, never say that that was like cheap because it's not. Because no. I think what has been underestimated by people making the modern films like the force awakens in particular is how important it is to behave realistically within this within the egos, which is like, if you're going to choose to be in the star Wars universe, that's fine. Yeah. But then recognize that certain things have happened in the star Wars universe. Like don't act like you're in a totally another star system when you know for sure that there was a death star like Like, don't act like and jeff you know i've come a very long way i've come all the way around on the force awakens (laughs) to where honestly that is one of my number one comfort movies of all time um perhaps because it is star wars but newer you know Mm -hmm. there there is just a value to that like you know it looks fresher and it's a little more exciting a little more intense but there are some callbacks but I mean, the, dude, the there fact are callbacks, that Han Solo but then there and Chewie are in this movie. Exactly. I mean, come but, on. But see, so the flip side of that coin, Chewie Jeff, were home. the other side of that coin is that they mm. did not treat Han and Chewie realistically within the Star Wars universe. Right. Jeff, this is you're talking about a war hero mm. who says a general. I am going to go back to shady under the table dealings. Driving, and they don't you know, say why. like I'm going to take my old job driving an 18 wheeler. Just even because though, it didn't feel right. Yeah, because <laughs> and it was because JJ could not grow him. So he reverted him back to who he was when JJ met him back in 1977. So I, I'm, and I'm not going to dump on him because the thing <laughs> is, again, I love that movie in particular, every mm-hmm. scene that Han is in, because I think once you... You really just have to forget about that. You have to yeah. let it go. Yeah, I think I go. view it as a fundamental mistake, but then I get over it and I'm like, you know what? This is some of the best dialogue we've ever right. gotten from Let Hanzo. the past go. Let Kill the past it die. If you have to. Let the past die. Like, say your piece and move on. Same thing for The Last Jedi, you know, because I know that the way I feel about that is the way a lot of people feel about The Last Jedi. What you have to do is get past the fact that it didn't give you what you thought it should have been or what should have happened in the realism in universe mm-hmm. and then just enjoy it for what it is. So that, and that's what I do with that, you know? And, and so I think with the Mandalorian, you have to do the same thing. You you can't be five years removed from return of the Jedi and act like Luke Skywalker is not around. Right. He is. Dude, or, or not just, not just act like he's not around, but act like the empire didn't lose. Like yeah. they lost. Yeah. The, the, the Death Star, the second Death Star exploded. Yeah. Like in 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 the in the Return of the Jedi, the entire the entire universe is celebrating. Mm-hmm. Like yep. you gotta if you're gonna show that, 
you can't turn around and say, well, you know, we're actually back to where we started. Like, yeah. no. Yeah. And Jeff, speaking of back to where we started, this is what you and I talked about when we started this podcast mm. is like the post return to the Jedi world. When we speculated, what would the force awakens be? We talked about the galaxy, the way John Favreau talks about the galaxy. It's in disarray. There's a power yeah, vacuum as it should be, as it should be. And that's what they do right on this show. So you cannot discredit. You, again, you can't pretend Luke Skywalker's not around. Like, you can't say it's more likely for some other Jedi to pick him up. Because why would it be? Luke Skywalker is the one with the school, dude. (laughs) He is looking for people. He is the Uncle Sam of the, you know, on the poster pointing at baby Grogu. He's the only one. Yeah. Right. He's the he's the only one proclaiming himself to the world and yeah. the universe. He's not that I am a Jedi. Right. Like, dude, he's the only person who's saying, I'm carrying a lightsaber because I want to let you know that I'm a Jedi. Yeah. Everyone else, they're just perpetrating. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so, Jeff. Let's get so yes, it was a great episode for me, a great season. My top episode of the season was still the Ahsoka episode for me. Okay. And or it, it's actually a tie between the Ahsoka episode and the first and the first episode yeah. of season two. Yeah. But again, I just think all of this is just set up for season three. I agree, Jeff. And I can't the wait. Mandalore. And, and Jeff, you have me more excited about season three. And yeah. and you know what's cool? You know what I think? I think this is actually expertly done. To have the Boba Fett show come first. There we go. Because we are at a point. We need background, man. And I guess part, Jeff, you know, I, I talked to you and it's not that I was sour on this episode. I didn't mm-hmm. like it as much as some others, but I guess I wasn't excited about the possibility of what happens next. Mm-hmm. Part of it is because even what you described about Mando becoming the Mandalore, most likely, I've never really been into Mandalorians. You know, again, Ah. it's one of those things where I like one Mando way better than 10. Mm -hmm. But so so I just kind of. So the whole idea of clans and factions and all that. Yeah, I mean, and and I think this episode ended very in a very clean way. It's a clean break tied with the with a ribbon Mm -hmm. to where and I wasn't so excited about what would happen next. But you got me more excited about that. But I think that's also why it's great to have the Boba Fett show happen now. Having yeah, said that, yeah, you need that excitement to be created. Yeah, by the original Mandalorian that we first saw on television. Yeah, like, and I want to see or it first go back. show on the screen. I don't want any more commercials for other shows. Right. In season three, now I think you're going to have connections to these characters because they're connected now. Like the Marshals, the Marshals, Ahsoka. You know, Bo-Katan, they can all, sh- the, I, it, it almost wouldn't make sense for them not to have some involvement in season three, but I really want it to be about Mando. So Just that's my thing there. Yeah. The Boba Fett show, Jeff, I've gone now more than an hour <laughs> and a half here without really making any criticisms. Okay. <laughs> Boba looked great. Okay. Fennec Shand, dude, I mean, she's just dope. Bib Fortuna. That uh, bib, that like, bib like that dude outgrew the bib. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was great. He looked awesome. Mm-hmm. But. However. I mean, there was very little imagination <laughs> put into that scene. I mean, I watched that it was, scene. Was it almost a throwaway scene? It was, like, I feel, I feel like it was like, okay, 
did we find the set? Yep, we found it. It's it's in its original condition from 1977. Okay, great. So go in there and just like do a couple stuff and then run over and then we'll we'll just film 10 seconds and we'll be done. Yeah, Jeff, is was there anything there <laughs> that 6-year-old Jeff or 6-year-old me couldn't have written? I mean, that's how I look at it. Like, dude, it, if you can't outright me, yeah. then you're not trying hard enough. Now, again, I'm thrilled that the show is happening. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe it, maybe it was the dialogue. Maybe that's what, what it was. And there was so little of it, you know, yeah. I, which but, which is but okay. Like but his I, dialogue but, is actually, Bib Fortuna's dialogue in that scene is actually pretty bad. It's bad. Yeah. And they had, uh, oh, I forget the name of the guy. By all accounts, he's a great guy that works at Lucasfilm, does a lot of the voiceover stuff, and does a great job. But he didn't sound anything like Bib Fortuna. That was the thing. You know? So that that did kind of off-put me a little bit. He threw in a McClunky. But I was so excited that they're just even making the show. Right. So I was like, it didn't matter. And I think that's what they're banking on, which is what I take a little bit of issue with. It's just like, come on. Like, you know, like, yes, we are fish in a barrel. And yes. you could just stand over <laughs> us and shoot, but like try harder. Come on. I'm sure the show will be better. I'm fascinated okay. by who is going to be leading this. I know it's All being, right. I know a lot that of potential there. Well, they've added, I believe it's being produced by Favreau and Filoni. And mm-hmm. I know for a fact, um, Robert Rodriguez is, okay. I believe, executive producer on the show. So he's the one that he directed. Oh, he's the, pretty good. He directed yeah. the episode six of the season, the one where right. Boba and Fennec yeah, return. Yeah. Um, I won't get into my thoughts. By the on way, that. his fighting style in that is like okay. First, very of all, different. Showing us, bo- dude, when he when he has the missile shooting out of the knee. Oh, that like, was wow. That was really cool. Yeah. Oh, well, and he should. He's got to have this really. Dude, he's one of the best. Yeah, he's got to have all these like things up his sleeve. You know, that's yeah. what Boba Fett is all about. Like, all right, Jeff he is he is the number one bounty hunter, dude. Jeff, all right, go ahead, go ahead. We have to let the move milkers speak. Okay. <laughs> they have spoken, Jeff. They have spoken. <laughs> oh, so we got to get to the film. We got mail? Oh, we got right. some more ma- Jeff, we're getting more mail seemingly with every episode. So, okay. we'll go through as much of this as we can in the next 10 mm-hmm. minutes. Xavier, very simply, very succinctly put these last two episodes meaning of our show, Jeff, not the Mandalorian. Ooh. Uh, clap emoji, shock and awe emoji, clap emoji. Shock and awe emoji. Thank you, Xavier. Thank you, Xavier. Jeff, I, at least I think he was talking about the Skywalk. I hope so. I hope so. <laughs> uh, Logan. Here's Logan's thought. This one also also brief, which we appreciate. He says, even though Grogu didn't stay with Mando, I'm still happy with the outcome. When Mando says, I, I'll see you again, I promise, it almost confirms that we'll see them together again, hopefully early on into next season, but most likely the end of the season. If not, he'll probably come back in season four. I think that's true. It's interesting, Jeff. I, it's I, absolutely true. I, I guarantee it. Yeah, like you got to leave. So here's the two approaches they could take. Also, also, don't forget, Brett. He's a clan of two. Yes. Okay. So like either the clan exists or it doesn't. Like yeah. he, he's wearing the insignia on his armor. So, so he's he's incomplete right now without Grogu. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Also, um, doesn't Grogu still have the necklace? I think so. Yeah. I think so. What if Luke rips it off him and it's like no attachments? <laughs> so is is that necklace kind of like like um I, I and you know I hate to go into this friendship but, bracelet? Know, well, no, no. Like, you know, some people like they wear, you know, they wear like a chain. Like I have a, I have a friend. He's from Chicago, 
There we go. There it is. <laughs> there it is. So, but but I I do I do I, outside of you, Brett. I, yeah. I have another friend who's literally from Chicago, and where's like, the gold chain to? Where's dude? Where whatever he's doing, he wears that gold chain no matter what. Dude, so I like, do too. Dude, so if he goes swimming, he's got the gold chain on. Like if he, if, you know what I'm saying? Like if he, if he I've, changes into another costume, he's still got it on. Like, I'm like, dude. What I'm showing Jeff right now on camera that none of you can see is that I don't have my wedding ring on right now. <laughs> but he's still got the chain. <laughs> but I do have wow. the chain. For some reason, Jeff, the chain so, is more comfortable. So dude, I don't notice is it, it. Is it cultural? Like, uh, you know, mine, is, it, so, help explain it to me. Mine kind of is in the most stereotypical Italian American way. But do you, so do you think, so, so you're saying is, but like he, I'm pretty sure he wasn't Italian. Oh, I don't. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. So, so mine, okay. like it literally, again, when I say stereotype, like my grandmother brought me this from Italy. So, really? <laughs> yeah. But I, I like it. You know, like the thing is, it's just, I don't know. It's just something I'm so used to. It's like, it's like another limb for me, Jeff. Wow. I don't know. So Jeff, like, dude, you see, are you saying like you go into the shower, you don't take it off? I take this off for the only time I take this off. So as people may not even realize, I shave my head. Like I just shave like Bill Burr. So picture Bill Burr's hair is what I have, yeah, which yeah, is yeah, not yeah. much. Yeah. Um, so when I do that, I take this off because, you know, I mean, again, when the whiskers Ita- get in there, right? this, this ties into the Italian thing where your okay. hair goes down pretty far on your uh-huh, neck. Uh-huh. So, <laughs> so I usually have to take that off if I don't want to ruin my clippers, okay. but, but I put okay. it immediately back on. Wow. So wow. yeah, this, this doesn't Interesting. leave. All so right. I feel, th- I feel that Grogu, yeah. <laughs> has this this i think he wears the mandalorian pendant the same way i don't wear that italian you know that thing with like the golden carrot yeah yeah i don't know what the deal is with that but i don't i don't okay. i don't rock that right. it's just a straight straight chain jeff straight, straight, straight chain. up chain yeah, yeah all right let's get on to andre all right andre said quite a bit but i'm gonna i'm gonna whittle it down mm. um and this part is really interesting he says just listened a second time because your episode was so juicy jeff he he juicy. He, he listens like we rewatched oh, the Mando. I love that, Andre. Thank you so much. <laughs> Thank you, Andre. We appreciate it. He says, and I got to thinking, Grogu is actively not using the force mm-hmm. to hide himself from presumably the Emperor. So that now, decision he makes in chapter two to save Mando from the Mudhorn is the turning point. Yeah. Jeff, this is good. I told you this is good. He says the point he emotionally connects to Mando and actually puts himself out there in the universe to be found. This chapter made all the other chapters even better, period. Oh, so Jeff, he was talking about the so Ahsoka the chapter. Is that when, it, 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 I like where Andre's going, Andre's going with this because I feel like that is when the Force awakens. Oh. Oh, snap. <laughs> Jeff, I think what we're, what we're coming to understand is the Force never slept. Ooh. Right? Is this undermining the title of The Force Awakens? Remember how bad we thought that title was when it came? I still think it's a bad title. I still, but I love the movie. It is not the most appropriate. Yeah. It's like, dude, if you had a friend named Ichabod, (laughs) like the first time you hear it, you're just going to be like, dude, what? Yeah. uh, Like you have another name, right? But then you be like over the years, you become best friends and you don't really think about it anymore. It doesn't make it. Well, no, you just call him Icky. You just call (laughs) him Sticky icky. No, icky. I mean, it doesn't, it's still not a good name. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. just got used to it. That's all. Uh, Jeff. Bartholomew. One more point from Andre. We've got to right. award Andre a second comment 
even is he within our star commenter. He is. He is. So we okay. got to give him this one because the other one was so good. Uh, after the most recent episode of Mando, he said, dubstep dark troopers, LOL. Never thought I'd hear that musical genre in Star Wars. <laughs> Jeff, I don't know about you, but some other people commented to the, uh, that to me as well. People were texting me about like yeah, the yeah. music. I liked it. I don't know about you. I thought it was good. It, you know, here's the thing. If, if it's one thing that the Mandalorian has done, which again, maybe you don't have the opportunity for in other um, mediums, mm-hmm. but in this particular medium, they have been cross-generational with multiple audiences. Like everybody has had a link. I know. I see you, man. Jeff, our minds, are, our minds are linked, <laughs> Jeff, because that's exactly what I thought. Like Ludwig Gorenson. Ooh, I like it. You got that. He has established this to where, you know, he didn't just smack us over the head with dubstep in episode no. one. He's gradually worked in this sort of electronica, you know, Dude, have you dude, seen the, the like the setup music, the dude man. has? Like he yeah. looks like he lives inside the Millennium Falcon. Like there's just lights and buttons and knobs yep. everywhere around this guy all day, every day. And I think by the time he, like he's clearly pushing the envelope in terms oh, yeah. of what is acceptable music within Star Wars. And I'm accepting it. I accept it. Dude, he's, but he's, he's pushing the envelope in general for music. Yeah. Like when I heard the, the Mandalorian theme music, we, like, I gotta say, after, when, when I remember very, you weren't sold at the beginning. I was not sold, man. Yeah. Like I was like, uh, I don't know about this. Yeah. Now, love it. Me too. It is like absolutely the bomb. Jeff, you yeah. want to know the only reason? You know, we, you and I talked a while ago. We had a goal at one point. We had a pod goal of listening to the Star Wars theme before every episode because it got us so amped. <laughs> right. So now, now we're at the point where I want to do that with Mando. But I realized we would get too amped. <laughs> so like the only <laughs> reason we don't do it is because we don't want to break the speakers. We don't want to break our microphones. Hey, no. We don't want to wake up our babies. So anyway, Jeff, I'm let's get on to the next one. Right now. Rui. Now, now, we may have said that, that Andre came in with the comment of the day. But Rui is actually a top fan, according to Facebook. Hey now. So shout out to Rui. So Jeff, Facebook has oh, this thing where Rui if had you had a pretty good comment, by the way. Rui always has good comments. Yeah. But Rui, Facebook has a thing where if you interact and engage enough with a channel or with a podcast or with a show or whatever, you okay. can be awarded top fan. I don't know how long it lasts. It doesn't come with anything other than the recognition, which is well earned by Rui. Thank you, Rui, because he always hey he always has something to say that we love. He also or emailed she. us, Jeff. As is all is of it you, a he or a she? Though? It's a he. We're not this sure. is Rui. This is Rui. It's a he, and he's Canadian. Oh, okay. Right. Jeff, he also emailed us to starwarsovercoffee at gmail.com, like no all way. good move milkers should. Hey, now. And said this, Jeff. He said, don't knock Facebook. That's all. <laughs> <laughs> Rui, I'm sorry. I know this, Jeff, here's the thing. It's like, this is like John Favreau saying, don't knock Disney Plus. He's yeah, like, yeah, Rui, yeah. you know, this is his bread and butter. <laughs> Rui posts some really funny stuff on Facebook. So I understand Rui, but look, okay. I love you, Rui. I don't, I'm never going to love Facebook. But. <laughs> so it's like, I am only putting up with Facebook for people like you. There we go. Jeff Artie has our last comment. Ooh. He's okay. commenting on uh, the sixth episode of the season, Boba okay. Fett's big return on Pride mm-hmm. Rock. He says on a different note, <laughs> I loved this episode. (laughs) This is funny too, because, you know, I didn't love this episode, but Artie says, I loved this episode. I loved how Boba Fett was in this. And yes, I swear Mando was hungover in this episode or on something. 
Ha 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 ha. Laughing at Grogu in the beginning. So Artie was a fan of that too. I loved that. I loved when, when Mando kept saying Grogu just to see the reaction and then was chuckling about it. Like he just couldn't get over that he knew his name now, you know? She's like, Grogu, yeah. Uh, That was adorable. Artie then says, all this this being said, so he's going to agree with me now. He says, all this being said, the speed on the camera actually had a negative effect on this episode for me. Interesting. He reminded me of watching the original Star Trek. Yes, Star Trek. Thought it was cheesy. But all that said, this episode was another pivotal episode. I agree, Artie. I agree with everything you said. Jeff, uh, thank you to all the Moof Milkers. For writing thank you, in. Thank you. Thank you. Keep it coming. And I apologize, Jeff. Facebook does a terrible job too about notifying you of your notifications. So like So you don't even realize. Well, some people message us, some people comment on a post or on an episode, and it's like all in different places. So yeah. it's like checking five different drawers to make sure you didn't miss anything. So if we did, we apologize. Jeff, my recommendation. And as you know, this is a this is a little bit of a change up for me, Jeff. All right, go ahead. My recommendation is the High Republic. Uh-oh. Now, as you mentioned to me earlier when you read this in the agenda, I was initially very excited for the High Republic, mm-hmm. for everything that it was, everything it stands for, everything it is creatively. Then they released the first chapter. Uh-oh. You and I both read it. Yikes. And we were both like, oof. Yeah, it was a gut punch. I almost canceled my pre-order. Of the first book, <laughs> The Light of the Jedi, okay. which was supposed to come out in August at Celebration that got canceled right. because of COVID and now comes out on January 5th. I'm still waiting for the comic, but go ahead. I did not I did not cancel my pre-order. Right. Then recently, they released a little sampler. Jeff and I were referring to this as like something you might get at Chili's, except instead of the three play, it was like the the five play. It Actually, had, I, was, I was thinking of the poo-poo platter. The at, poo-poo uh, platter. At Kowloon's. Well, Jeff, this poo-poo platter... Got straight fire in the middle, baby. Because what I've gotten from this has been really good. So, you know, you asked me, why would they release chapter one and then release chapters like two through seven or whatever it is? And they did this with like multiple books, by the way. I think maybe they knew that people weren't feeling chapter one like like you and I. Mm -hmm. So I read everything else in this sampler. I ate my chicken teriyaki. I ate my egg rolls. The spring roll, yep. Peking ravioli, all the of barbe- it. The, the barbecue pork? The barbecue pork. Okay, all right. Everything except the one that's aimed for like preteens, I think. I haven't gotten mm. to that one and I don't know if I will, but. So you didn't try the miso soup. The two comics that are included <laughs> okay. were okay. They were probably better than your average Star Wars comic, but I won't get into my feelings on the Star Wars comics right now, other than Dark Empire, which is a masterpiece. Jeff, but but General Gal's Chicken. The Light of the Jedi. Mm. I am loving what I read in that book. Okay. So the first chapter, yes, it felt to me like an episode of Star Trek Discovery, which is fine if you're looking for Star Trek Discovery. But I was looking for Star Wars. And fortunately, every subsequent chapter, it gets into the Jedi of the time of the High Republic. Their different abilities, their personality traits, and very unpredictable stuff. Loved it. Anyways, highly recommend. Get that sampler or just buy The Light of the Jedi on January 5th. I know I'm going to be reading it voraciously when it comes. My recommendation, The Art of the Mandalorian. Oh, yeah, baby. It's awesome. That book is great. That book is beautiful. Like, I just want to display it. Like, when people walk into my house after COVID, the first thing they're going to see. (laughs) It's on my coffee table, bro. The Art of the Mandalorian. This is Jeff. 
This is Brett. And we're just talking about Star Wars all the time on the Skywalk. <laughs>